This is Josh Mills. This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us for a wonderful Italian Liquor Week. And we hope everyone had a happy New Year and New Year's Eve and didn't get too wasted. <laughs> I've learned. I'm, I'm a professional now. I learned to stay home and drink at home and maybe go to bed by uh, New York. <laughs> but anyway... But anyway, uh, this is January sixth. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're doing, we're doing Italian liquors or liqueurs. Exactly. And Dad, what are you doing this week? And what are your pairings? I'm doing Amaro Nornino, and I've got roasted Brussels sprouts with a medley of other vegetables. And I have, I'm going to call it duck all orange with duck breast. But technically, it's not duck orange because that means a whole duck. So these are just duck breasts. And then, you know, I reached out there and thought, hmm, I'm going to do a caramel s'more. Oh. So we'll see how that goes. And Josh, what are you doing? I have from Contrato, I have their aperitif liqueur. And as my pairings, I have some mozzarella on a little toast with olive oil and really good balsamic that dad and mom brought back from Italy. I have some cheese, I I guess in the South we call them cheese straws, but they're really cheese sticks. Mm -hmm. And then I made an arancini, which is a fried rice. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, they're really, (laughs) this is my first time ever making arancini and you'll see in in the picture, they are huge. Oh, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, so... Anyway, before we jump in to these wonderful liqueurs, we have to talk about last week. Oh, do we have to? Yes, we've got to talk about last week. And you did tell everybody that you were very stopped up. And, and I still I, am. And I think that really, actually, I don't think, I know that really hindered you in your guessing of last week. Guessing is true. So I, I was getting some, like, lemon notes. I said cucumber notes. I'm not so sure about that anymore, but it was hazy. And I, when I was recording uh, earlier this week, it's like Josh goes, "Dad, hazy is a really good word," <laughs> and I should have picked up on that because uh, it was definitely hazy. And I ended up saying it was a German Hefeweizen, which would be hazy. Yeah. But what was but. it, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> so I stuck with the double theme and picked the one double that I thought you were going to pick. That was Stone Brewing's Fear Movie Lions right. or FML Hazy Double IPA. And I think after you kick your cold, you really need to go buy one of those and drink them. Right. And see, so here's the problem see what I you have. think. You have... You have blinded me on hazy IPAs at least one other time, and I think actually two other times, and I always mess it up. And so you're right. I'm going to have to practice more yeah. on hazy IPAs because when I think of an IPA, I think of huge hops and clear. Right. And this was not huge hops. It was probably well, about... Mm. Uh, do you know what the I can look IBUs up use was? I, I don't can, think it was, but about twenty five or thirty. It wasn't much more than the Allinger 
that I was doing for my Yes, it was. Dad. Okay. You okay. just couldn't honestly, you just couldn't taste it. No, and I couldn't smell it. Yeah, you couldn't taste it, you couldn't smell it It's because, a good thing I'm not blinded because I can't smell either. I mean it's today. sixty it's sixty IBU. Okay. Okay. It's yeah, sixty IBUs and eight and a half percent alcohol. I should I should have got that. So and like you said, I think I really think your your nose kind of got you. But you know, talking about blinding for a second, you know, you really do have to when you practice. You can't just drink. You actually have to be intentional about thinking about what you're drinking. Oh, so there's my problem. <laughs> I know that's part of my problem with wine too. I don't think I don't think a lot. I don't taste as much as right. I used to. Right. But anyway, that's for another that's for another podcast down the road. So let's get into these Italian liqueurs. We're going to start with mine. Uh, mine is an aperitif. You sure? <laughs> They're very similar. They're extremely. It's that one. He drank it on my glass, and he drank almost all of it. Well, here's the great thing: it comes in a liter bottle, so I got <laughs> okay. plenty more to pour. <laughs> okay. So we're doing the aperitif from Contrato, and my pairings are: I have kind of just some appetizers. I have some mozzarella on a toast with olive oil and balsamic, some cheese straws or cheese sticks, and an arancini. So this aperitif, we've talked we've talked this idea a little bit beforehand when it comes to you know, when it comes to Italy mm-hmm. and when it comes to drinking in general. So in Italian, aperitif is aperitivo, which is just the the idea of the beginning of the meal, the waking up of the palate, the let's get it, everything kind of going. Then we have digestif, which is on the opposite end of the meal to help you end up digesting, which I believe is what yours is. Well, I'm going to look that up. I don't know. So, but mine is, is specifically called an aperitif. So they make this specifically to be an aperitif. So when they make this, it actually, have you tried it yet? Uh, I just took a teensy sip to verify that you didn't uh, give me back mine. <laughs> Yours is a aperitif? Correct. Okay, good, because you're going first, and mine's a, de- a, a digestif. A digestif, yeah. Yeah, so we're we're cool. Yeah, okay? so. We won't have to flip over. When it comes to aperitifs, and so aperitifs are going to be slightly bitter, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be slightly sweet. Mm-hmm. And so there are two extremely famous aperitifs that we've talked about on this show, Campari and Aperol. Those are both Italian bitter liqueurs that are aperitifs. So that bittering wakes up your palate, but then this specifically, because they also make a bitter, this has sweet up front and then finish, has a light bitter finish. Okay. Whereas... You know, Aperol, Campari, those sort of bitters, bitter liqueurs, will just dart bitter and then have a little bit of sweetness on the back end. And the sweetness kind of varies depending on the maker. So these are styles of beverage. It's not just like one person doesn't just make it. Okay. So they use water, sugar, and alcohol, and then they use 28 different you know, herbs, spices, and roots, which tend, they keep secret. And, you know, they kind of grind those up, cold extract them, and kind of wait for it to pull out. And then they let it go for like 35 days. And that's the, the, the herbaceous mixture that they use. And they add it when it comes into, they add it into 
the alcohol and the sugar to get it kind of right. And then they clarify it. And then it sits in stainless steel for about 40 days to come together. And it's a really cool process. I really, I really enjoy this. It's something that is, to me, these bitter liqueurs, especially bitter aperitifs, are something that's so Italian Mm -hmm. and so quintessentially Italian. There are even just these, there are non-alcoholic versions of aperitifs that come. (laughs) What's the point of that? (laughs) Well, for people who can't drink alcohol. Okay, okay. Or if you're doing a dry January or if you're, you know, underage. Yeah. They come in these little glass bottles and I think they're called, um, I think they're just called bitter, bitter soda or something. Okay. And you crack it open, you pour it over ice and it is the first time I had one in Italy. It was. And you were underage. Yeah. It it was the non-alcoholic one Mm -hmm. and I couldn't finish it. Like I never had anything that bitter before in my life. Right. And it was just an assault on my palate. Right. So this one is really nice. It does have alcohol in it. I think the alcohol content's like 14, yeah, 13.5% alcohol. And so it's just light, really kind of wakes you up. And you kind of feel this lifting on your palate when you have, to me, when you have these kind of things. It really just kind of wakes you up, brightens everything that's going 14's on. 14's pretty low, isn't it? Yeah, 14 is low. Of course, Aperol is like somewhere in that range. Well, But then Campari... Is like double what Aperol is. Right. So those aren't so, liqueurs. No. And this is. No, but they're bitter. Right. They're a bitter, but they're not a, I don't believe they're both And a lot liqueurs. of people use those interchangeably with different drinks. Oh. Would you? <laughs> go ahead. Talk. <laughs> I'm good right now. He, he, I said, oh, because he snuck us some ice into his. Uh, what I was going to say is about a Negroni. Some people prefer Aperol in their Negroni because they don't like the special bittering, the high bittering that Campari has, nor do they like the higher alcohol. Well, yeah, and the thing about these bitters, and almost any, well, especially these bitters or aperitifs in particular, bitter aperitifs in particular, Mm -hmm. they, one of the main differences Besides some of the botanicals, because at some point they all just start, to me, they all just start tasting the same. But where you can notice the difference them in them is the amount of sweetness that they have. So, like, you talked about Campari and Aperol. Contrato makes a bitter. They just call it Contrato bitter. And it's the same thing. You know, bitter orange, ex, you know, herbs and spices. But the sweetness to me sits right between Campari and Aperol. Mm-hmm. Aperol is a lot sweeter than Campari. Mm-hmm. Campari is a lot more bitter. It is very punchy. So if you like bitter things, go for it. But anyway, we're getting off track with, with that. But Not really. Well, Not really. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a function of these are both bitter and they're both sweet. And so the sweetness on the front end or the bittering on the back end yeah. is important. That's why I brought it up the Yeah, two other. I would not use this in a Negroni. No, I wouldn't But either. I would kill a spritz with this. Mm-hmm. This aperitif in a spritz would be so light and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't want to up the alcohol at all, 
don't even use Prosecco or any kind of sparkling wine. Just use club soda mm-hmm. or tonic water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that I believe, like, if I were to try to go off soda again. Right. Because when I was working in a restaurant in Montana, I weaned myself off soda because we had a soda machine. And I was like, I can't. I have to stop drinking this, oh. this much soda. So it was free. Yeah. And when, I'm ta- when I say oh. soda, I'm talking about Midwestern soda. Okay. Uh, Coke for those of us here in the South or Coca Cola. Yeah. No, Coke. Yeah. The term Coke. Anyway, uh, what I did was, was I used. Was that because they used to have Coke in it? Yes. We don't need to go, but we don't need, we don't need to talk about Coke and cocaine. So did most cough syrup. But anyway, so what I did was I used sparkling water uh-huh. and bitters. Okay. Like actual bitters in there. And. It helped me get off because it had the carbonation, but also flavor. This is something that I think would go well. Or if you want something that's really light, you can make like an Americano. Mm-hmm. Using this, you're definitely going to drop that alcohol down again. Mm-hmm. Americano in the cocktail world is a bitter liqueur like this and club soda. So when we were in Italy, there were a lot of men and ladies drinking the spritz. And so Joanne goes, I think I'm going to try one. <laughs> and she didn't specify what, how to make it or what to make it from. And I think it was Campari because it was too bitter for her. But I think if she had specified one of these or even Aperol, she had probably liked it. Well, not with yours. Well, not with mine. That's okay. Right. <laughs> one of these, meaning yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I said, I think this would just kill in a spritz. Like, it has enough bitterness, but it also has that level of sweetness that most of the time when you make an Aperol spritz, you use simple syrup or some form of sugar. Mm-hmm. This is already in there. If you want to bump up the alcohol a little bit, just use more volume of it. Right. And since you're not using Prosecco or any kind of thing like that, it's really going to you know, balance. I think it's going to balance out the cocktail well. Well, so hers I'm, was Prosecco, and she said, why waste this Prosecco? I'll just have a Prosecco, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is really good. I really, I'm really, I really dig this. And I, I like it too, and I've, I've been over here snacking while you've been talking. So I started out with the straws. And are those wheat? They are, right? I believe so. I think so. But they have the saltiness. And so that saltiness with the sweetness of the drink really goes well. I mean, and then you get that bittering on the back end with that salt, because that salt's still lingering. And then, as we've said, I don't know how many times, it's like, okay, I'm salty. Give me, I need another drink. (laughs) And then I, I tried, I tried. What do you call them with the rice? The arancini. The arancini. Oh, Josh, you 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 hit the home run on that because the crustiness of the arancini with that rice just gave just gave this drink a a whole nother layer because of the food, the food of the rice and the and the crunchiness. I guess that I guess that's breading, right? And so. That it didn't the sweetness 
kind of disappeared because because of the rice and and the and the breadcrumbs or whatever it was, but then that combination of that bitterness they went so well together. I mean, here we go again, best on play. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but no, I re- you know this is not in my my uh, liquor cabinet. Yep. And I'm not sure I need to run out and buy it because I have the one we're going to talk about later. Now, we talked about Negronis. What, and we talked about Sprit, what drinks do you make with this one? So, they're not, this one specifically is not really meant to be a cocktail. Okay. It is meant to be drunk by itself. Okay. And not even as a Sprit. No. I don't believe so because it does have that sugar and it's, you know, kind of lower in alcohol. It's really just meant to be drunk as like your first thing kind of waking me, you know, kind of getting in to the uh, getting into it. So I wouldn't I mean, I would say any cocktail that uses a bitter. Mm-hmm. You could you could use this in. Mm hmm. The only thing you have to watch out for is the sweetness. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you were to use this in, let's say, a Negroni, mm-hmm. what you may want to do is you may want to lower your proportion of sweet vermouth. Right. So pull that down. Or you could use dry vermouth or white vermouth. Correct. But, you know, you have to kind of play around with it and see what what it needs, how it needs to like build the cocktail, you know, more balanced. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could use this anywhere you have that bittering. Right. Um, But just watch out for the sweetness because it is, it's quite sweet. It is quite sweet. Well, both of these are going to be quite sweet. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yours is just much bitter, (laughs) much more bitter. Well, which, you know, I really like the bitter. And so when I make a Negroni, it's supposed to be one, one, and one. Now, Tushi, in one of his books, he has the Negroni recipe of his dad, and I forget, it was not one, one, one. It was less on, I think, the Campari, because he liked the gin, and he liked the vermouth, but he had less on the Campari. I like to add a little extra Campari because I really like that bitterness. And mm-hmm. maybe that's coming from the IPA. Oh, boy, here we go. Hazy IPA or, <laughs> or double IPA, whatever it is. That bitterness, I like that. And then if I mix a Negroni with Aperol, it just doesn't do it for me because it's not as bitter. Right. And so, you know, in a pinch, I've been I've been to restaurants and they go, I said, I'd say, I've told all these stories about Negronis in Arkansas, but there's been times I'd say, I'm on, you know, one egg and Negroni, and then the waitress come back and they go, oh, we don't have any Campari. Can we make it with Aperol? And go, well, okay. <laughs> Cause, yeah, but what you could do is you could tell them to, can I get a one part gin, one part gin, half part sweet, sweet vermouth, one and a half parts Aperol. Because that way you're going to pull down the sweetness and right. adding more bitter. I hate to tell bartenders how to do it sometimes, you know, when they're at least nice enough to come back and tell you I don't have Campari. Mm-hmm. 
because I think they're not talking bad about bartenders and they get slammed. So they got to do what they got to do to get that drink out. I think sometimes they just pour it up. Well, if you, if you just ask for a Negroni, right. It is a correct way to make a Negroni to use Aperol. Yeah. So if you don't specify, that's a, yeah. If you don't specify, they may, but it's actually really good. That place, you know, you talk about them coming back and, you know, having to make with Aperol, but there are places that would just make it with Aperol and not even say anything. That's right. That's my point. So it's very and nice of them to come and back. And then I go, hey, this isn't bitter, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the, the snobbery. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it happens. It yeah. happens. Now, what what else? We got some cheese on the plate here. Yeah, so this is a little, it's a little brioche toast that has some fresh mozzarella on it with olive oil and balsamic. Okay. So kind of what I did, you know, thinking about this drink particularly, it is a an aperitif. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to do aperitif things. Okay. Um, I looked up, you know, what to eat with, <laughs> what to eat with aperitivo or during aperitivo. And it was basically like, well, you're not really supposed to eat during or with these things. It's really just to have a drink and kind of wake up. And then, but then I found, what was it? La, Cuc- La Cucina Moderna. Or La Cucina Italiana, whatever, whichever right. side it was, talked about the arancini. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that'll be nice. Now, these are way too big, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just size-wise, to be an appetizer. But then I started thinking about, okay, what are other things that go well at cocktail hour? Right. And I was like, the cheese straws. Cheese, yeah. You know, cheese straws specifically, because, you know, they have, like you said, they have that saltiness, they're crunchy. It's a juxtaposition of flavors. This is sweet and bitter. That'll have earth and salt, which is kind of the balancing act that I'm looking for there. And kind of same thing with this toast. And then, you know, I was thinking olive oil and balsamic, olive oil and balsamic and mozzarella. Like that mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's a match made in heaven. And I think, I think it goes pretty well, especially when you get some of that balsamic. That balsamic is really, you, you said at the beginning of the podcast where it came from. Yes, that's, that's really good balsamic that we brought back from Italy. And we're going to go in April hopefully, and we'll have to bring some more, well, we brought a lot of wine back, or shipped it, but yeah, we we needed to bring more balsamic. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of wineries over there in Italy, and I guess everywhere, that that's one of the things they do, is they they grow the the olive oil, and so they end up making balsamic, and they make the extra virgin olive oil, and you can get a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good bumper crop. Yeah. Not a bumper crop. It's a good, like, vineyard edger. And, you know, olives are used all over the place. In and Italy. they can have a bad year of grapes and probably have a good year of olives. Right. And then, you know, some of, if they have a bad year in grapes, maybe they'll use, make vinegar, make vinegar with them. And then, you know, if you're up in Modena, then you can make, you know, balsamic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But a little bit about Contrato. So Contrato is actually a winery. Okay. They actually are, so they're from northern Italy, mm-hmm. up in um, the Piedmont, actually Piedmonte area. Okay. And they have been making wine since uh, the 1860s. And they first started with Moscato. Okay. And the cool thing about Contrato is they were the first family verified to make sparkling wine in a bottle. Oh. So to do that kind of 
traditional method of making sparkling wine in in the bottle. And, you know, it wasn't until 1910 that they started exporting their wines. In 1919, they first, they did the first vintage sparkling wine because, you know, most of the ones up there kind of just had, you know, just kind of did a house, house style rather than mm-hmm. an actual mm-hmm. vintage. And then in 1920, that's when they started making the liqueurs and the vermouths. So they yeah. also make a line of vermouth. Okay. Red, white and dry vermouth they also make the bitter like we talked about and they mm-hmm. also make a fernet no i don't know what a fernet is fernet bronca you never have fernet. oh yeah okay so fernet is actually a style right it is not fernet bronca is not the only fernet that is out there it's actually a style of of beverage that uh can anybody can make and it's actually an amaro that's a style of Amaro. Uh, but they, they've they been doing this since 1920, okay. making these making these liqueurs and that. And they still, they make great sparkling wine, too. Okay. And. I don't think of that in Piedmont area. Yeah, well, I mean. something I don't think about. But Piedmonte, you got to remember, is close, relatively close to where Prosecco is. That's true. And Franciacorta. So all those northern Italian provinces up there. You know they have the right, they have the right stuff to make, to make that kind of wine, and in the early nineties, I think it was, yeah, the early nineties, they were bought, they were bought out by another family, who it was Brochino, the family who took over the the next part of Contrado's history, and they were big fans of champagne and in mm-hmm. the collaboration. You know, like we said, they they were already doing some of the some of those sparkling wines, and then another family kind of was like, "Hey, this is really cool. I'm looking at doing some stuff too." And they purchased another winery called La Spinetta. Hmm. So if you've had La Spinetta, it's from the same. Like you've had the, you've had the La Spinetta. I think you have one right now. Maybe it's the one with the pig on it. Mm-hmm. And they do a sparkling prosecco. And so they kind of were a spinoff and learned a lot from the Contrato family and what they've been doing since the eighteen since the eighteen sixties. So it's a really they have a really you know storied tradition in northern Italy, and they were you know they made a specific style that goes to for England. They actually call it Contrato for England. Um, okay, <laughs> so more of a champagne <laughs> style, yeah, kind of drink and. Uh, it's just a, it's really cool. And these, the, the aperitivo is really good. I haven't had the fernet. Uh, the aperitivo is really good. The vermouths are delicious. It's just, it's just a really cool history as for uh, a Northern Italian family. Well, it's good. I'll tell you what. You know, uh-huh. I don't know about your best on plate. We're not supposed to eat food <laughs> with the, the aperitif. So anything could be best on plate. Yep. But are you ready to switch over to yours, or do you have anything else? No, if you're ready. All right. Well, let's go ahead and switch over. Why don't you remind us what yours is and what your pairings are? Okay. I have Amoro Nornino, and I have roasted Brussels sprouts, and with a medley of other vegetables, and I'll explain later how I did it. 
And then I have, I'm going to say it's duck all orange, but technically it's not. It's duck breast with a all orange sauce or an orange sauce. And then I thought, How I, what else am I going to do? I need a, maybe I need a dessert. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to do caramel s'mores. That's, that's a stretch. So I don't know. I hadn't tried it. We'll see how it tastes. So I've never had this before. And I, I stretched out to do this duck. So I got some duck breasts. And then, of course, I went on the internet to find out, oh, what, how do I do this? And there's all these different recipes. But the main thing is you got that fattiness on one side of the duck. And on the other side, you got the meat side. And, of course, you start out rendering that fat out. And then after you get it to the point where it's nice and crunchy, this is not necessarily as crunchy as I wanted it because there's kind of a thin line of not enough, crunchy, maybe too much. And then I did an orange sauce and I used like three oranges. I used an orange marmalade. I used some sugar, some white wine vinegar with terry on just to kind of give it a little extra kick and then some white wine vinegar by itself kind of a mixture and then i did some orange marmalade in there kind of cheat a little bit and then for the brussels sprouts so you got all this fat you rendered it's like what are you going to do with it? well you pour off a lot of it but i used some Rosemary, not Josh, I think our rosemary bush is, uh, <laughs> it's all toasted up in the ground. <laughs> yeah, I think it, they froze in the, you know. But zero. anyway, I, I, I got some of the, I got some of the good sprigs off it. They're still brown. And, and I put that in the duck fat and put some garlic in that duck fat and then put in these Brussels sprouts with some, had some salt, pepper, and some red pepper and rendered that up and then put it in a pan and put it in the put it in the oven. So that's how I cooked everything. Now this Nornino is actually derived from a grappa. Did you know that? Uh, I did. What do you mean derived from a grappa? Well it's made from the base of a grappa. Okay, so it's alcohol based as grappa. Yeah. I did not. And then it's infused with they call it alpine herbs and botanicals and again like you said in your few minutes i think the recipe's secret you know they'll tell us some of the things and on the bottle it says sugar natural flavors caramel color added and i think there's some caramel taste i'm not real sure and then i distinctly taste orange in this drink okay do you yeah I do, once I get through all the bitter. This is bitter. <laughs> well, it, this is it's, definitely... Uh, it's probably twice as, you know, I don't know what the bittering unit, nobody does that on liqueurs, only on beer, and then we got that whole debate of uh, the perceived and what it really is. Well, this one definitely is perceived as probably double. Yeah. And then it's it's double the ABV, because it's, uh, let me look at the bottle again, it's, yeah, it's 30... It's 35% ABV. Again, because I like Campari, I really like this drink. Oh, yeah. Amari are really good. And there are 
so many different Amaris out there. And for those of you who maybe like, did he say Amari? Amari is the plural version of Amaro. There are so many different Amaris, and a lot of them you actually may have heard of, like Frenette, Jaeger. Mm-hmm. Jaegermeister is an Amaro. You know, and Do you Am- like Jaeger? No. I'm not on either. No, no, <laughs> no. Get no, that no. stuff back from me. It's kind of like that uh, fireball stuff. Yeah, which is not. But so Amari are basically, you know, liqueurs that are liquors that are macerated, have a bunch of herbs and spices and botanicals that they macerate in, and that's what gives it bitter. But the the quality to an Amari is that it's bitter. So remember we had the uh, last time we did an Italian liquor episode. You did, or no, we didn't do it. We had an Amari episode. Um, you did that Nocino yeah. that you brought back. Yeah. You know, that's another, you know, Amari that's out there. Chinar, for those of you. And I did a Garoppa at one point, too. <sighs> yes, you did. <laughs> that I brought back from Vito's. I remember. The, oh, Chinar is another Amari that's out there. It's actually artichoke-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they all have this kind of like, earthy bitterness to them that is lightly balanced by sweet. A lot of people like to just drink them as is. I prefer my Amari, most of my Amari in cocktail. Okay. Which cocktail you want? The paper plane. I One told Josh before we we uh, started the podcast, I, I was thinking about just doing a paper plane as one of the sides, and I thought, no. We don't need to drink that much more because <laughs> then I looked at the recipe and it's like, oh, three quarters of an ounce this, three quarters of an ounce that, three quarters of an ounce, three quarters of an ounce, and everything's alcohol except the lime juice or the lemon juice, whichever you use. So um, this was invented in 1992, so this hadn't been around that long either. Yeah, it's very young. And it it was invented in a northern Italian town called... Frutli, F-R-I-U-L-I. Frutli. Frutli. Mm-hmm. And it was by a fourth generation distiller named Bonino, Bonito Nornino. So that's where it Nornito Nonino. B-E-N-I-T-O. Bonito Nornino. So that's where it gets its name. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's... Uh, they say grappa base, and then they say a grape base brandy. So I'm I'm getting a little confused the way they said that, because when I think of grappa, it's a total wine so, thing. Kind of. Well, the well, so grappa grappa remember is distilled from the leftover yeah grape skins and everything from after pressing. Right. So they probably make a grappa. And then they probably also make a brandy, which is distilled from wine, actually made wine. And so they can, they can use both. I mean, it makes sense. But And Fruli does, just a side note, Fruli does amazing wine. Mm-hmm. They do some really, some of the best Pinot Grigios I've ever had are from Fruli. Have you tried anything yet? I've had the duck. How did I do? First of all, the duck's really good. My first attempt. You know, it goes well partially with the Amari because of that orange. The orange and the fat connect the two, but when that bitter comes in, boom, it just washes everything away. 
Well, I'm not seeing it quite that way, because I, I love the bittering, and I guess that's the difference. Now, this actually shows, this page I'm looking at actually shows more of what's in this. And it says, sweet and bitter orange, rhubarb, thyme, agentia root, quinine bark, uh-oh, that's almost gin, no. woodworm, taurine, tourmaline, and a host of other spices and mountain herbs, and less syrup. So not less sweetness. Right. <laughs> so, because there are some Amari that are out there that are pretty sweet. Yeah. Or have a good amount of sugar in them. So that's what they're saying. They they cut back on the syrup. Yeah. But I mean, as a digestif, this is a great one. You know. So we don't even, do we, I guess we eat and then we drink. <laughs> well, I'm, I've been trying them. But the duck's really good. That's like I said. I think the 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 fat of the duck and the the meat of the meatiness of the duck is kind of what carries through until that bitter kicks in. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, that, that bitter will just kick in, and it just to me it just overtakes everything. Which is nothing against you or anything. It's just how it works. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very interested in what you think of the Brussels pairing because Brussels are usually bitter, mm-hmm. and putting something bitter with it, I, I'm not a Brussels guy. <laughs> so I'm I'm very afraid of the bitter bitter. I may have I may have a small bite, but that to me. So you're works. right. It's it's a like like bitter bitter, but with the drink, you get the orange, and you get the bitter on the back end. And it depends on where you put the food on the front end or the back end how it's going to react. So if you put the food up there with the orange, then yeah, the Brussels sprouts. Of the bittering of the Brussels sprouts takes over the orange and the herbs. If you put it in the back end, then you got squared on the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah, of the, of the bittering. Yeah, you I got bitter, I, bitter, squared. I did try some. I mean, I'm just I'm not a fan of Brussels in general, and it's a very strong it's a very strong flavor. So it does stand up. It does stand up to the Nonino fairly well. Also, there's some char on the Brussels, which is another bittering aspect, right? Um, which, you know, not too bad. Well, and my mom would just boil them. That's what I think most everybody's mom did with Brussels, or, ste- or steam them. Oh, please, we don't want to eat these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they had, like, I wonder if you would have put some of, like, the orange from the duck orange sauce on it, giving it some acid to kind of cut through. You try that. <laughs> All that, how that would work. Hmm. So does do they also make does the company also make wine or do they do they you just know, I do... didn't investigate that, Josh. Okay. So have you ever had what other Amaros have you had? Have you ever had any other ones? I mean you've had the Nonino. Mm-hmm. You've had the Amaro Montenegro because we've right. been on the show. Would we consider the uh calamari or the Aperol? They're not. Amaro's no, really. they're so, bitters. So that's pretty much it. Okay. So what do you think? What is your overall kind of opinion of bitter of of Omaris? I love this. I'm excited to try the paper plane at some point. Yeah, it's a super simple cocktail. So a paper plane is equal proportions of whiskey, 
lemon juice, Amaro Nonino, and sweet vermouth, right? I'm going to look it up, but I think you're right. So yeah. it's um, it's uh, Amaro. It's uh, Amaro Nonino. Amaro Nonino. And then it's Aperol. Oh, Aperol. That's and right. And then it's a red vermouth. And then it's, uh, I think, lime or lemon juice. Lemon juice. I know that. And then I think that's pretty much it. It's like three quarters. I'm, I'm going to have to look I it up. I thought there was bourbon in it. Or some oh, that's right. There's rye in it. So it's rye whiskey. It could be bourbon, but I I would make it with rye. Yeah, so it's rye whiskey. Last week or week before last when we were doing, you know, I was I was doing well two three weeks ago when we ran out of the <laughs> Angel's Envy. That was the drink that you could have made with Angel's Envy. Right, and so it's it's so it's a bourbon, bourbon or a rye. Mm-hmm. Sweet and then vermouth, the Aperol, the sweet vermouth, and then the lemon juice. It's five things. Look that up. I don't think there's actually five ingredients. I think there's only four. I think we're at we're at we're either adding Aperol or sweet vermouth. <laughs> yeah, it is. I had it here a minute ago. Just type it in. I don't think it has Aperol in it. It's the recipe I found. Yeah, it has five. It has five things. Huh? I could be wrong. Okay, this says. Amaro, Aperol, bourbon, and then lemon juice. Okay, so no sweet vermouth. No sweet vermouth. Yeah, we had that wrong. And it says Aperol. Now, I don't have any Aperol in the house. It says, well, this recipe is one and a half, one and a half, one and a half. And another recipe I looked at said three quarter, three quarter. So I think if I used Campari, I'd cut it down to probably three quarter. One and a half, three quarter, one and a half. And one and a half. Yeah. Because you have, it's got four ingredients. Right. Which I, I think, don't know. The lemon, you know, the lemon juice gives it bittering, souring. Yeah, but it's it's acid. Yeah. At that point, it's acid to cut through some of the bitterness. And then when you've made it, what's your uh, garnish? I've never made it. Oh, okay. I have had it. <laughs> um, I've had it a couple times. One time it was a lemon peel and a little mini paper plane. That was yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's where I was going. <laughs> that was uh, like mini paper, uh, mini clothes pinned to the mm-hmm. the side of the drink. Yeah, uh, and then another time it was just a lemon wedge or mm-hmm. not a lemon wedge, a uh, lemon peel. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I think a paper plane is a fantastic cocktail. You know, it kind of takes the idea of a boulevardier mm-hmm. and spins it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really nice, because I really like a Boulevardier, personally. Yeah. Or a French Negroni. You tried that? A French Negroni. What is a French Negroni? What would you What would you guess? Well, if I had to guess, okay. So, a French Negroni would consist of a French gin, no, cognac. There you go. I don't know. Is France France doesn't make a that bitter? No, you'd use Campari or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just, instead of gin. You use cognac. Right. Okay. I or instead know. of bourbon for your Boulevardier. Yeah. I like this. You know, it, it's kind of growing on me. I'm not a huge Amari fan. They have to be really balanced. It goes really well with the with this, the caramel s'more. And I think what it is is the caramel it's the caramel because it gets so much more sweetness. 
have to try it while you're talking. Or maybe you're eating. Now, you did not cook these marshmallows. I mean, you cooked them in the microwave. Right. I think it'd be interesting if it had some char char on it. It'd add a little bit of bitterness. Yeah, I started to text you to bring your little... Uh, oh, my torch. Your, your little torch. And I thought, nah, not worth it. But I think it's good. I think it works really well. It gives it... To me, it gives it the sweetness that, for me, makes it better. Mm-hmm. Kind of lends it to more along the lines of the aperitif that we had. Mm-hmm. Do we have any more questions? Well, I mean... What other cocktails are listed on? Does it list any other cocktails that you would use? Well, that's Amaro a, Nonino in? I'm going to have to look. I'm sure there are others, but I don't know what they are because I just jumped over there and saw the paper plane. Rapa Nonino. Mm-hmm. Or Vermouth Manhattan. <laughs> a Vermouth Manhattan? Yeah. What's that? You can you you can use it as a substitute for sweet vermouth in a Manhattan, mm. or a substitute for Campari in a Aperol. So that's what we were talking about earlier. So I, I think we're going to have to do some investigation on that. You know, one of our Christmas presents was a, a big book on Negronis. Uh, I'll have to look and see if one of the one of the recipes has this in it. Yeah. I'm sure order. I'm sure there's some that'll have an Amari in it. It won't have Amaro Nonino. Yeah. Um, looks like you can make a spritz. Mm-hmm. A spritz with it. Uh catch they have one on their website called Catcher in the Rye. So that'd be rye and what? So a variation on a rye Manhattan. Okay. So Nonino Rye Drumbit. I don't know what drumbit is. And absinthe. It's an interesting cocktail. Mm-hmm. Quite a few cocktails on here. Old fashioned, mm-hmm. frozen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Frozen. Nonino frozen, and it's Nonino soda water, lime, cane sugar, and mint. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a Nonino mojito. Yeah. So using Nonino rather than rum. Okay. So there's a lot of different variations and places you can use it. Just, you know, it's just remember if you're playing around with it, it is a bitter. So you need to make sure you balance that bitter out with other things that help balance bitter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think we're ready for best on plate. Oh, man. (laughs) What's best on your plate? I think it's a toss up between two. It's a Mm -hmm. toss up between the cheese, the cheese curl and the arancini. The cheese curl. The wheat, this curl. Yeah, the cheese curl. Okay, not this. Not this cheese. Mm-hmm. On the, so what kind of cheese was this on the on the toast? Mozzarella. Okay. I think it's going to, I think the arancini. But the, but the rice was so good with it. Yeah, the arancini was really, really good. But it didn't, I don't think it brought anything special to part. Yeah, so what's your best on plate then? I'm going to go with the mozzarella cheese and the that balsamic vinegar that was on it brought an extra flavor. Uh, okay. They were all good, Josh. They were all good pairings. It's really a toss-up. It's just kind of what your palate thinks is best. You know, I think the cheese, the cheese straws, the cheese twists, curls, mm-hmm. whatever they are, 
that, because of the salt, maybe or the what? earthiness, okay, of that cheese and the, like you said, like you kind of mentioned, the saltiness kind of balanced out and played a fun game with the mm-hmm. with it to me. Okay, best on my plate. What do you got? The s'more. For really? me, for me, it was the s'more. What happened to the duck? The duck was fantastic, the, but the the bitter, poor duck. He's been he gets on the plate and nobody ever picks him. But the the thing about the duck. You know how hard I worked on that duck? I know, because I, I haven't made duck all around, but I've made duck before. Here's the thing. The duck is delicious. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The orange matches well with it. Every time I would do it, that bitterness would still just punch through. And I'd lose all that beautiful duck all around flavor. With the s'more... The sweetness stayed. Even when that bitterness showed up, there was enough sweetness there that it didn't didn't go away at all. Didn't go away completely. Right. It left me with that right. feeling of the aperitif that we had. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was that for me. So this was because of the bitterness. Had the bit had this uh, Amaro Nonino had lower bitterness with the duck one out. Went out? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you need to cross over and try yours with the duck. Okay, so my best on plate is the duck. Okay. Because that aren't, and really, maybe we we didn't even need the duck because of the orange sauce. (laughs) Because that orange sauce was perfect, in my mind, with this Nornino. Yeah. Not the... I mean, that caramel, caramel s'more, like you said, was pretty perfect. Um, the orange and orange of the Nornino and the duck kind of made that, to me, made that bitterness. It couldn't make it go away, but it mellowed it to a point where they just melt, melted together. I really like, I really like the duck. All right. So, that's my best on play. Cool. So, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing a blind? Time to blind. All right. Am I doing you? Yep, you're blinding me. All right, here we go. Okay, so Dad has a blind poured up for me. Initially, I can say that this is a red liqueur, a red liquor. At least that's what it looks like. Some kind of reddish pink color. It smells a little like cinnamon Like cinnamony, baking spices. A little bit of like orange almost. Or like cherry back there. Not a whole lot besides that kind of baking spice cabinet smell. That, uh, that I'm getting right now. You said it's red or pink? I mean it's reddish pink. Okay. Hmm. What are you smelling? I smell like baking spices. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon? That, that would be a baking spice. Yep. Clove? <clears throat> you going to let me do this or you want to do it? <laughs> oh, that was a question. That was not an answer. <laughs> what I said baking spices. So oh, baking okay. spices are cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, okay. allspice. Okay, okay. Very interesting on the first taste. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever had this before, which is interesting. It tastes like almost like currants or um, 
Red, red currant is really the only thing I can think of right now that kind of tastes like, and almost, I mean, cherry, but not really. Right. I'd say currants. I mean, that's kind of why, yeah, that's kind of the best thing that's coming up in my head for what it tastes like. Even aerated, it's just kind of all that kind of currency flavor. It's not particularly bitter. There's some bittering, right? There's some in there, but compared to what we've, I mean, what we've had today, it's not very bitter. I would not call this any any kind of bitter or an amari. Hmm. You might have finally stumped me on the liquor. <laughs> I found it in my liquor cabinet, and it was almost <laughs> empty, so I don't know where it came. Huh. <clears throat> red currant. I, I mean, it, it tastes like red currant li- liqueur, but I, I've never had a red currant liqueur. Like, it doesn't feel very alcoholic. Yeah, I didn't look to see what it was. But yeah, you're the right. only other flavor I could think compared to what we just had with mine, it seems like it's less than the third. Yeah, mine was. I mean, if it's not red currant, it could be pomegranate. Mm. It could be palm a pomegranate liqueur. I've never had that, but this is a, this is stumping me. So it's it's obviously not a bourbon, it's not a whiskey, it's not a gin, it's not a rum. If it isn't a flavored rum. I believe is a brandy. Have the color. I'm gonna say it's. Uh, that's the only thing I can think. Of. I'm gonna say it's Palma pomegranate liqueur. That's the only thing I can think of that would be this color, have this style of flavor, and the level of sweetness and alcohol. Okay. So Palma pomegranate liqueur, and you're gonna have to come back next week to find out what this actually is because. I'm just as curious as you guys are right now. And next week, Dad's actually going to be taking the week off. And George is going to be back on the episode. And we are going to do, since it's, you know, we're, you know, damp January here um, on the podcast. We are going to be doing low alcohol wines. What that means is we're saying any, we're doing wines that are under 12% alcohol. And it's going to be lots of fun. You know, we're going to have to. Kind of be kind of a little bit of a challenge in today's wine market to find wines that are below that mark. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be lots of fun. I did some research because you know I was unsure whether I'd be on the on the show or not, and there are some. I mean, there's yep. some down there in the eight eight percent. Yep. There's but now whether we can find them in our market is the question. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the trek. And with and Jordan, I found one that I thought I would pick if it, if I was on the show. That was from New Zealand. That was right at that twelve percent. Yeah, and so and with Jordan, we all know that she's a red wine girl. So that's going to make it even more difficult for her to try and find a red wine that that fits yeah, that bill. I think this one that I looked at was red. Well, she you know but she could know, also New bring us sparkling. New Zealand, yeah, New Zealand is uh, not so many reds as uh, other things. Yeah, but you can. Uh, there are also sparklings. You might yeah. be able to find a sparkling that fits that bill. But anyway, it's going to be lots of fun. So come back next week and uh, hear us talk about some wines that are under that. But we, for now, we appreciate you guys out there in podcast land being here along this journey with us. We remember we're out there on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We really hope you guys follow us there. Give us a like, share, follow on your favorite podcast platform. Please give us a star rating and review. It not only does it help us see what you like, what you don't like, it also helps us get viewed by people just looking for a great podcast in the new year. 
And, uh, you know, we're always out there at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So for, uh, for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.